Welcome to Transcendent. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. And this podcast is going to be talking about skepticism. We have a lot of different people in our audience, but today we want you, especially if you are not, if you if you feel like you have uh, some reservations about. LGBTQ issues. We want you to know that you are welcome because we as a podcast are not about trying to change your mind, but we are about cultivating positive relationships together. We want you to know that there are things that you can do to have a healthy relationship. And that's what we're going to be doing here. So let's start right out. I want to tell you a little bit about my experience with being a skeptic. Oh, yes, yeah, so I can tell you about the LGBTQ situation, but I want to tell you something a little different. And that is when I was a kid, I was dropped off at church and I was uh, supposed to be there. And then my mother or dad would come and pick me up. And uh, that was our Sunday. And then eventually I had to do confirmation. And about eighth grade, confirmation is over. You know what that meant? Graduation. I didn't have to go back to church again. And the further, uh, the less I went to church and the further away I got from it, the more I thought there were so many things that I had disagreed with. And I could build... An entire group of things. I could have written a book about all the things I disagree with. Until one time somebody told me, well, why don't you first look at what do you agree with? And when I did that, I started realizing that there was more I agreed with than I thought I did. Now, just to put it into perspective, if I was going to find a church where I had no disagreements, I'd be the only member. And that's okay. And now we can turn to the LGBTQ community and look at the same thing. And you and I have both gone through periods of our own skepticism where we thought, I don't know about all of that. Now, for me, uh, it was, you know, I had my own feelings as a, as a, a pre-transition trans woman. Um, I always felt anytime I would view LGBTQ issues, I couldn't turn off the fact that I knew how I felt on the inside, so it always meant something different to me. But I know a lot of people that don't struggle with those things yourself, but yet you think, I, ah, you know, I don't know how I feel about all this, and and it's still I I haven't fully accepted it uh, in my mind, and I'm not sure that I'm ever going to. Which means you're not going to fully accept everything we say either, and that's okay. We want you here. We're glad you're here. So we want to give you a skeptic's guide to healthier LGBTQ conversations. Okay. That sounds good <laughs> to me. Well, let's start right out. I'll tell you one thing that we're going to look at it from the perspective, our perspective. You, you can only control yourself. You cannot control the other person. So we're going to put you in the... Uh, in the when I say you, I mean me as well. Uh, I'm the skeptic. I'm in this. So I'm on this side, and I and I don't want to be always arguing and always 
bringing up the subject and or if the person on the other side is bringing it up i don't want to i don't want to have these clashes all the time i want to i want us to return to those thrilling days of yesteryear and so how do we do that well i'll tell you the first thing we ought to do we really ought to start with gratitude that's right because when you remember the things that you're thankful for in your relationship, it sets you to a place where you, you're starting from positivity. You're not starting from, oh, look at what this loser did. And, oh, you know, they, they did another thing that makes me mad and frustrated again. You, you know, you start and you think, you know, I'm so grateful for every time that we've had together where, you know, we have had some of the most fun uh, times playing chess together, or we have had some of the most, uh, some great experiences baking together, or boy, I remember uh, when you took me out driving. And you know, if I sat down and made a list of the things that you and I have done together, I'm sure I could easily fill a page and then go to the next page and the next page of all of the things that you and I have done together that I'm grateful for. Including what we're doing right now. Yes, it, it, it this has this is something that we've become very grateful for, and when you're cultivating a healthy relationship, you start by looking at what am I grateful for, what do I appreciate with the other person. There are a lot of things that we are grateful for. When you stop and look at your spouse, you stop and look at your daughter or your son or your uncle or anyone else. If you have a relationship with that person or you want to have a relationship with them, it's because they have done something that you're grateful for. I can't think of a time when I haven't been grateful for my wife every day. I guess that's why we've been married 54 years. And I think about that. I think about sometimes I sit there and watch television while she makes a meal. And I'm really thankful for the fact that she does that. It it means a lot to me. She's thankful for the fact that I go out and blow out the driveway and she doesn't have to do it. She doesn't go out there and shovel. Now, sometimes she does help me outside with something. Sometimes I help her with the cooking. But generally... She takes the lead on that. I take the lead on some other things. And we are grateful for each other for that particular thing. I'm grateful for the way she raised the kids. She's grateful for the way I raised the kids. And she tells me that. I tell her that. I don't know what your situation is or who you're dealing with. But there's something there that you're happy about. There's something you're grateful for that you do in their relationship. When you're going through a problem in a relationship, it's very easy to focus exclusively on that problem. But imagine if you were in a different relationship where you had an entirely different set of problems, and now you in that situation turn and look towards, towards what you're, you're actually dealing with now. You know, I imagine yourself as an outsider dealing with an entirely different set of problems. And you think, boy, you know, I'm just really struggling right now because 
you know, my son is an alcoholic and boy, it just is, it's hard for him to hold down a job and it's hard for him to do this and that. And then come back and look at your situation and wow, I'm really grateful. We don't have to deal with that at all. Think of all of the other things that other people would look at your relationship about and that they would wish that they had the relationship that you had. That's a great place to start in being thankful. When you encounter the other person, the one that you may be trying to reconcile with, stop and think, what are you telling them? Are you are you keeping the conversation level? Are you keeping the conversation upbeat? Are you keeping the conversation sincere? And are you observing what they're saying on the other side? Are you watching to see, are you just doing all the talking and all of a sudden you notice they're tuning you out? If they're tuning you out, you're on the wrong track. There's always a way to be able to have solid, personable conversations. And as they often say in business, it's okay to disagree without being disagreeable. Watch for those signs that you're being tuned out. Watch for breakdowns in communication. It you can't control the other person, but you can control yourself. You can't control how your loved one responds to you, but you can control how you respond to your loved one. And if you see your loved one start to throw up um, signs that they're not doing well in the conversation and they're feeling threatened, you can't do anything about that, but you can Make sure that you make it as safe as you can. Hey, look, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but what I am trying to do, and in fact, that's a great little formula that you can use right there. Just that little, they call that contrasting. I am not trying to, and then say what it it is that you, what you see them reacting to, and then say, but what I am trying to do. So I'm not trying to make you feel bad or make you feel guilty, but I am trying to express my own concerns about our relationship in a way that uh, we can both agree on. I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel hurt, but I am trying to find the places of agreement. So now we've talked about agreement. And there are ways to make certain that you continue to search for agreement between the two of you. It's something that's really critical and something that's going to keep the conversation moving along in the correct, in the correct um, uh, direction. So there's something else, and that is who's got the responsibility for the conversation? Whose responsibility is it? Well, here's a surprise. It's all yours. It's your responsibility. You are the only one that can control your part of the con- uh, of the conversation. If the relationship is not going so well, you can 
expect that it will continue not going well unless you find something that you can change. And you've probably been working real hard to try to change the other person. But that's probably not going to get you where you need to get. Unless you take it on yourself to say, I'm going to make it my responsibility to make sure that this conversation goes well. Yes, and even if the other person takes it in another direction or or um, reacts negatively to what you're saying, it's your responsibility to keep that conversation civil and keep that conversation going well. If they are looking for a specific reaction from you, it may not be the one that you want to give, but they they'll try to to uh, make make you what do they call that bristle your feathers or <laughs> I'm not sure, but you know you don't want to do that. You want to keep it. You want to keep it conversational. I'm going to ask you to do something that is very very difficult for anyone to do, but yet you're going to have to be the one to take responsibility for it because you're the only one who can. And that is when the other person responds saying things that are hateful or are, uh, you know, name calling or they make it personal towards you, I'm going to ask you to mentally translate in your mind that that's not really what they mean. I want you to imagine how you feel if somebody kicks you in the shin. How do you feel when somebody kicks you in the shin? Do you, I wouldn't like it. No, you. you, you I don't it, want that. No, and, and and imagine what you do. You, you right away. You, you, you idiot. You, how, why, how dare you? Why did you do that? And you're not responding out of a place of well thought through logic. And, and, and no, you're coming from a place of pain, and and of emotional hurt. Well, I know I'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> yes, you would. And um, uh, so when your loved one comes to you and says hurtful, angry things towards you, I'm going to ask you to mentally translate in your mind that they don't really mean you're a bad person. What they really mean is I'm in pain right now. And the only way I know how to express it is by saying hurtful things. I think that's exactly how people often will come back to you at, yeah, I am in pain, but they'll never say that. They'll say, oh, yeah, but you X and Y. So if you're hearing them say, you idiot, you jerk, you words we can't use on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I know the, the words that they're saying and how I want to react, but I know what they mean is probably that something I've said has been really hurtful. And so is there a way that I can make this conversation feel more safe for you? Sometimes what it is that you've said is an opinion. And in your mind, it is fact. And in their mind, it's absolutely false. Or it's something that your opinion is completely 180 degrees from their own opinion. And that's what is really creating the problem for them. That's something you said that's hurtful. I can't believe, they won't say this, but in their head they're thinking, 
I can't believe you actually think that. And since you know that, that that's something, this is your responsibility to, to lower the flame. You and I have, I think, a very good relationship, and we've had a very good relationship for as long as I can remember. I, I can never think of a time where you and I have not had a good relationship, mm-hmm. other than, you know, maybe a little thing here or there. But in, yet, even in the midst of it, you have said to me that early on in my transition, you felt like there were several times where you had to be walking on eggshells. Yes. And yet, you and I have a great relationship. Now, if that was the case, and, and, and I think that those were probably because there were things that you had trouble understanding what I was going through in times where I was exceptionally sensitive, but you were having a hard time understanding why or what would set me off or those kinds of things. Uh, and yet, that when those times, what I needed from you the most, and I, and I think you did generally a very good job with this, but what I needed from you the most was to say, I don't understand maybe why you're acting how you are, but I understand that this must be really difficult. And so rather than take it personal, I'm going to do my best to be here for you. And part of that would be doing your own research. If you think this is way out there and they're just doing this that because it's something they'd like to try or something, you might find out that it's a whole lot different from that. Just doing your own research. Each of us learns in different ways. Some of us learn by doing the research, going out there and find out everything we can about it. I'm not one of those people. Some of us will learn by picking up a book and reading about it. I'm not one of those people either. Some of us will learn by observation and seeing how things are working. Some of us learn by conversation. I happen to be one of these people that is really good at learning by hearing. I remember when I was in college, if I missed the lecture, it was tough for me to make the final. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd say, read chapter 3, pages uh, 20 through 314. (laughs) That was tough for me. But when I went to the lecture and heard what they said, that was my way of learning. And those of you out there who have been teachers know that that's true. People learn different ways. And so it is your responsibility. You might listen to this podcast and you might be like me. You might learn something from what we said. Although maybe not. (laughs) But if you learn from what you hear, that's wonderful. Maybe we're inspiring you to go out and Do it your way. But each of us has a responsibility to find out as much as we can. That doesn't mean we're going to change our mind, but at least we ought to be open to it. Have you ever had it where you you were in, uh, you you said something to your loved one, and they came back to you and, and said, that was really hurtful, and you said, can you help me understand? And they said, it's not my job to educate you. You may have heard that. A lot of times, uh, somebody who's in a marginalized community will say that when, especially, what, what we're really saying is, I'm feeling really hurt by what just happened, 
And I don't have the emotional capacity mm-hmm. to, to sit down and have the patience to take you through why what you just said or did was so hurtful. So I'm going to need you to learn that from somewhere else. We have so many resources now, uh, podcasts like this one, but there's also YouTube and there's resources like uh, PFLAG and other uh, internet. So you just do a Google search and you'll find things. There are so many resources. Your local library. Absolutely. All kinds of things. There's no excuse. But it starts by saying, I'm going to care enough to take take that first step. There's, there is a lot to learn. And I haven't learned it all. I've got a long way to go. We just had an opportunity to, to meet someone who is much further along on this continuum than I am. And I realized she happened to say, well, there's a couple things you said that really might not be very acceptable to some of the people in the LGBTQ community. Well, I didn't know that. But she's so far ahead of me. I'm not sure I'll ever catch her. And there's nothing, of course, that we we can do about that other than to continue on, to keep going on and, and do the best that we can. And so really this has all been part of the same idea of don't take it personal. But then there's the flip side to that is don't don't make it personal. And the way that we do that, you may have heard about use I statements, right? That we... Uh, not only is it your responsibility to translate, mentally translate when the person says to you hateful things, but make sure that you are doing your best to phrase things in ways that are going to draw the least amount of, of criticism from the other person. What I think I hear you saying is that I should say, to when you say something and I don't understand it, I should say what I think you hear is you saying and bring it back to you. Right. However it is, because when you start a sentence, especially when you're in a high conflict conversation and you start that sentence with you, almost always it's going to turn accusatory, isn't That's it? That's right. You said this, you did this, you always, you never... No. What you want to do is tell it in terms of your own narrative. You know, I am feeling sometimes like I'm trying to say the right things, but it's not never the right thing. And I'm feeling like I'm walking on eggshells. Or I'm feeling like no matter what I do, it's not, it's not, um, it's, it's not bringing peace for us together. Again, it's focused on me and my view of the relationship, not focused on you and what you are or are not doing. When we use those I statements, we can really limit the, the, uh, the piercingness of something that can be really, really harsh because you're not trying to accuse the other person of, what they've done wrong, what you're really trying to do is find a way through so that we can all get along, right? Exactly. In future issues, you're going to hear some other things about that, but in a different form. And 
we've got some interesting things coming up. Yes, we do. I can tell that you are a lifelong magazine publisher because <laughs> this is not an issue of a podcast, but, uh, but you and I have talked about issues for years and years. Yeah. We have lots of things that we're excited about. You and I have had so many great conversations about things that we're excited to address in the future. And I can't wait to get to all of these things. That's why you need to tune in again next week. <laughs> Every Monday, you're going to hear a podcast from us. And if it's not exactly what you want to hear, that's why you should contact us. And Raya, tell us how they can contact us. That you can use your I statement in an email to us. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, email transcendent at gmail.com and... We, we, we've gotten a lot of positive feedback already, and we would love to hear what you have to say as well. So we'll see you again next week. Thank you for tuning in. Mm-hmm.